Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. Glad you are with us as we're talking about financial matters. Myself, my co-host, both financial planners, wealth managers, investment advisors, whatever Me, you want to call us. We try to help people with their It's money. funny. Our, our job titles have, uh, have have changed. We both, Pat, Pat and myself, both started in the industry. You were in 1989, I believe. I was 1990. We started with a, it was a large national life insurance company. Um, I remember I, I interviewed with some of the, they were called wirehouses back then, the big bro- brokerage firms. The brokerage firms would send you back to New York, teach you how to cold call which is in open accounts, which is what the whole deal was back there. You're mm-hmm. a stockbroker, cold call, open accounts. Uh, and that didn't sound terribly appealing. And the insurance companies was life insurance sales. That didn't sound very appealing either. <laughs> but but uh, we ended up, the, the the agency that we worked for was much more financial planning focused. We both lasted there a couple of years before we, we left and said, let's create our own environment that's, that's right. fiduciary based, that sort of thing. But it's funny, as over the years, the job, the, the, job title which was at one day was a stockbroker then a financial consultant then a financial advisor now wealth manager i think yeah, that's what they call themselves now wealth manager i'm a wealth manager they were financial planners for a while financial advisors then wealth managers and now i see something that involves some sort of um it's really touchy-feely what um like life, life uh, co- oh the, yeah, yeah yeah life satisfaction wealth management some sort of <laughs> L W A S M or what? It's like they 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 try to make it more holistic around you as an individual and life goals and money, like life goal planner. I there's a bunch of them. I I get them. I for whatever reason I've been getting these feeds from ads on um on what on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. No, what and- are the- <laughs> no. No, like what's, not the social media channel. I mean, from what other firms, at? from all kinds of investment advisory firms, like oh. dozens and dozens and dozens. Because you're late fifties with a couple dollars, but all so. over the U.S. It makes no sense to me, but they're all over the U.S. Well, that's so. That's an interesting point you're bringing because how much of the social media spending, the increase in advertising on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Is yielding result is is sustainable because it's yielded results for companies, and how much of it is these small businesses? They don't know how else to advertise. They go to some sort of uh, digital advertising agency that says, "Hey, you give us X dollars, and we're going to put your ads out on these sort of channels, or uh, we'll sell you these leads that were generated from this other third party digital company." And Scott, um. Because I know plenty of small business owners that have seemed to be that have wasted a lot of money in digital marketing. Yes, um, Scott, wrong, uh, wrong people, wrong offer, wrong timing, wrong, wrong geography. Yes. So, um, which is exactly the opposite of actually uh, why platforms, these digital platforms, uh, took place. The promise of the digital platform is to deliver your message to the right person at the right time in the right geography. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. So isn't that interesting? So I guess your question is, have some of these earnings been the companies 
been kind of a head fake. Well, you look, uh, Facebook's trading almost half what it was at its peak. Facebook's yeah. way off. There. Uh, oh, well, there's lots of pressures there. Anyway. May, may it, may it, meta, 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 but we, we digress. This is a financial talk show where we take, I, no, I wasn't really digressing. Like I was discussing that because the, the pandemic changed. Oh, oh, like what changes in the pandemic were temporary and what were permanent? And maybe some of this increase in online advertising was more temporary because you had no lot, not a lot of other options. Okay. I think some of the oh, winners, some it. of the winners in the last year or two may not be the, the winners in the next few got years. Got it. Got it. So, so what happened is, is the small business person used a different vehicle in order to reach the clientele, which may or may not bear fruit in the future. That's right. On a lot of these different things. Yes. Oh, I most certainly re- I, I look at these, some of these ads and I think to myself, Oh my, oh my! You're in, uh, you're in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana. You're a one-person investment advisory firm, and you're showing up on uh, my feed. digital feed in uh, Sacramento, California. And your message is um, has nothing to do with me or anything that I'm associated with. And you paid for my eyeballs to look at that. Not sustainable. Not, not, not for either the 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 buyer of the advertiser right. or the it's advertising a, yeah. vehicle themselves. Everyone needs to win long yes. term. If everyone doesn't yep. win, it doesn't work. Yes, it's yep. short term. That's yes. my. I don't know. I mean, Peloton's an obvious example. There's some of those that um, you had no other choice. They closed your gym. Yes. So you said, "How can I do this at home?" But and there's lots of other areas of business that have encountered the same sort of obstacles and had creative solutions that are being unwound. Yeah, by by their most people are, um, most people are social by nature, and actually to suppress that ability to be social, um, for long periods of time is not healthy. Yeah. Well, I know I'm a social animal, and yeah. uh, I've been going back to spin class and enjoying it. Other than they ran out of the the earplugs last week, I ended up buying some my own earplug. I have to put the earplugs in because I'm almost sixty. And so they they play really super loud music and scream at you. <laughs> they do play loud music sometimes. And then though. scream. And that's why. I'm, and then I look around the room and it's filled with a bunch of twenty and thirty and forty and some fifty year olds, some even older than me. And I, and you could look to see which you could, you could tell who's old just by the fact that we all have earplugs in. Oh, okay. Well, I clearly understand the uh, ear thing as you get older because I'm fifty five and. Uh... I get it. As my my wife says, like she teased me the other day. She says, "I said, babe, look, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to. I've got the buzz in my ear. You're gonna have to speak louder than the buzz." She's like, yeah, "You can't." She's like, "None of your friends could hear me either." She says, "But then again, I don't think they want to hear me." <laughs> I said, "Well, <laughs> I didn't quite agree with yeah, her." Yeah, you don't. 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 All right. Hey, this is a financial show. Uh, we take calls. Love taking calls regarding financial matters, whether it's retirement or investment or mortgages or anything that has to do with your financial matters. Love to take your call. Schedule time to to, to do the call. T- our contact number is 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. And we're in California talking with Scott. Hey, how are you guys doing this afternoon? Good. What can okay, we do for you? Okay, so uh, let me give you a little... Let me, let me, I got, I got a couple of questions. My, 
My one question is, is that um, I'm not collecting my Social Security yet. I'm 63. I'm not working anymore. Um, I, I financially sit in a good position, and but I think I should pick up my Social Security because uh, for the, let's say it's the $23,000 a year, um, you know, if uh, I wait till retirement age, which is a few years away, to make my full benefit, I'm 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 losing a ton of money that I, if I don't need it, I could be investing it. Right? Um, Depending on your life expectancy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so yeah. There's a lots of things that go into in here, right? If you were going to be living. For a long, 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 long time, you're better off waiting. If your life is short, if expectancy is short, you're better off taking it early, right? All things being equal. All things equal. So what are you well, living on now? Dad's, Dad's turning 90 this May, so my life expectancy could be okay. You never know. Yeah, yeah. You could get hit by an yeah. Amazon van. Um, <laughs> that's right. Picking on Amazon. <laughs> What's that? Because they're all over the neighborhood. Speeding oh, that's around. what people always say. Oh, yeah. Well, if you if I get hit by a bus, and you're like, you're never going to get hit by a bus anymore. It's going to be an Amazon van. It's going to be. In I'm your trying d- to think how many times I cross the street in front of a bus in my life. Well, I know that's why you're I, more I, likely I, to get a hit by days a, a year when oh, I'm Scott, in a big city. You're more likely to get hit by an Amazon it's van in your driveway right. than cor- a bus at right. any point in I time. I fully agree with that, Pat. So I'm just trying to recast the way we're. We Let's view, pick on Amazon instead view. of the bus drivers. Okay. So what are you living on now, Scott? Um, I'm, I'm living on um, – my wife has uh, her income from um, disabled. Okay. And my home is paid off, uh, so our bills don't exceed her income. The only thing is is that I do pay out of pocket for my medical. And how how much money do you have so, saved? So the home's paid for. Your wife's receiving Social Security disability. Um, your pension, el- your Social Security eligible to the tune of about nineteen hundred dollars a month. What uh, monies do you have set aside for retirement? How much and where I, is I, it? I have um, I have three IRAs worth a million point one. One point one million dollars in IRAs. Why do you have them in three different IRAs? Um, because, uh, I left a job and I rolled one into a 401k, you know, all my 401ks into one. And then I left another job with a, a 401k that I rolled into an IRA. And I, I wanted just to watch that amount of money build up to, uh-huh. you know, instead of throwing it all into the other one. And then my wife, my wife holds one. Okay. So look, look, you should only have one IRA in retirement. Um, it, one for you, one for your wife. If you have Roths, you should have a Roth IRA. Um, but there's no there's no reason to have multiple IRAs because you can own hundreds of things in the same IRA. So you're just making it more difficult for yourself, and more importantly, you'll make it more difficult on your heirs when you pass away. But back to the Social Security. But back to the Social Security. Okay. And so you're just living on your wife's disability income. So you there's two things that one, I would turn on some form of income. And how's your health? Do you have a normal life expectancy? Oh, yeah, I'm, we're yeah, we're we're good. And his dad's ninety something. I would start. I'd start distributions on the uh, the IRAs. I would look at instead doing a Roth conversion on the IRAs. Yeah, but I would do a combination. Portion. What's he? What? Why is he just barely getting by on his wife's disability income when you have a million one in the bank? 
That's right. Oh, right. Million one. Well, we're not barely getting by. I mean, there's there's nothing that we can't afford. I got another eleven thousand in in the bank account. At, you know, at, to do whatever with too. I, I agree with Scott. What you should do is some, to start doing some Roth conversions for tax purposes. You're almost at a zero, okay. yeah, income tax bracket. And then, so the question Probably on Social Security, forty or fifty thousand dollars. Question a year. on Social Security. So, if 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 we if if Social Security did net never changed, the promises that Congress made are always in place. I would say wait until a based upon your potential long life long life expectancy with your father being alive. I would say wait. But my concern, you've got one point one million now that you're not spending. Let's add. Let's give it another several ten more years before you have required minimum distributions. Now we're talking it could be two million dollars. Your required minimum distributions alone are going to be seventy thousand dollars to start. Yeah. And so, so Scott, here's what I, here's the answer to your Social Security is: Do not start Social Security now. In the year 2022, do Roth conversions. In the year 2023, probably do Roth conversions. In the year 2024, I'd look at start taking Social Security. And decide whether okay. it's better off doing yeah. the Roth conversions or starting yeah. the Social Security and measure it at that time. Because there's no reason that you can't put that decision off. But you, I'll tell you what, this is a perfect example of financial planning. You called about Social Security and we saw an opportunity in something that you weren't even talking about, which is to convert money from a taxable IRA to a tax-free distribution. Maybe zero tax. It, you might be able to do some with zero tax right now. And a lot of it at... The lowest marginal tax rates. So that's what you want to take advantage. Either go to an accountant or good qualified financial advisor, not someone who's interested in selling you product, and ask them, right. how much money should I do this? And then every year you could do the analysis on the Social Security. But I'm guessing you're not going to start Social Security before the year 2024. Okay. All right. Um, I, I actually, my wife and I actually sat down with one of your persons at your office and wanted to mention that uh, very professional, and we got some super great advice at that time. I think that was 2018, and that's when we decided to sell life insurance to pay off the house. Oh, got it, got oh. it. So you had some old life insurance policies that were laying around. To be, go back to the same. Yes. I can't, I'm not going to promote my my firm on, on the air, although I should. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so they, if, if so, you like that advice you talked to before go talk to him you'll again go talk and, to him yeah. again and uh <laughs> and he or she will will put the same energy back to helping you that they did back then and, and my guess is that they will tell you that you're going to probably convert 40 to fifty thousand dollars a year into a roth or recommend that yes yes that would <laughs> be right. the suggestion all right, all right. I appreciate the thanks, call thanks scott let's now talk with chuck Looking for his advice on how to um, set up things for my beneficiaries. Okay. And give you an overall picture. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'll be 85 years old tomorrow. <laughs> oh, happy, oh, happy birthday. birthday. I, yeah, thanks. And I've been retired for 12 years. Uh, my wife passed away a couple years ago, so I'm a widow. Uh, I'm getting Social Security and uh, PERS retirement money, which is all that I need and extra. Okay. For my living expenses, I have about uh, 1.3 million in an IRA. I have no debts. I have property that's paid off. Um, real estate worth about 750k, 
and uh, the distributions have taken about 300000 out since I retired. Yeah. And I've spent it like you're giving advice, tell people to spend money. Uh, Bob Brinker used to say, you don't want to be one of the rich people in the graveyard. So (laughs) I've taken that to heart. So my question is, I'm at the point now where I have a trust and I'm trying to get set up. And then there were some changes that took place with the uh, 2020 um, change on how distributions can take place for inherited Mm -hmm. IRAs. Correct. So I have concerns about, number one, uh, how to structure the money that my uh, family gets for avoiding taxes and then also dealing with uh, somewhat of a spendthrift problem. Okay. So, let's let's spend a couple. How many beneficiaries are there? There are three. I have a son who's in his 50s and then two grandkids that are 13 and 17. And who's and the spendthrift is for the grandkids or the son? No, it's one-third each for my son and each of the two grandkids. And okay. so, here's the way these rules work. Let's say you just have the three uh, listed there as beneficiaries, right? The three mm-hmm. individuals. Um, and you pass away. The IRA would be split into three IRAs, beneficiary IRAs. That's roughly 400000 each. They, those, they would need to take a required minimum distribution. Because you're over age 72, the required minimum distribution must start in the first year mm-hmm. at one-tenth of the account balance, the next year one-ninth of the account balance, the next year the one-eighth of the account balance. They can mm-hmm. take more, but they have to take that as a minimum, and they have to, the accounts must be drained out over the, a 10-year period, which means all the taxes paid on that. Okay. So. Now, if you want a spendthrift clause in there, you can set up a, a special trust to act just for the beneficiary. That can, because regardless, we're going to have to take out one tenth, one ninth, one eighth as the time goes on. We're going to have to take those dollars out, but it can stay within the trust. The trust pays the taxes that are due, stays within the trust, and then distributes the money to the beneficiaries based upon whatever restrictions you have in place. So the trust acts as kind of, if you will, its own entity or person, if you will, and follows... Not, a, the, not very efficient from a tax standpoint. Is correct, but follows Because you have the, the maximum tax rates within about 10 grand or something. Maybe so like. so you you said you had real estate worth 750000 Is that your primary residence or is that an... Uh, yes. Okay. So w- w- what... W- the spendthrift is on the 13 and 17-year-old, Correct. That's when you said you had a spendthrift. Uh, no, it's on my son. Okay. Yeah. Got it. 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 You need, and you've had a living trust done? Uh, yes. How long ago? Uh, today. You did? <laughs> yeah, it's been a kind of a long process trying to figure out how to do it. And the difficulty, I don't know other people face this, but... My tax person retired, and the attorney that originally set up my first trust retired. <laughs> so I had to kind of start all over again. And um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm kind of ch- I'm I'm chuckling a bit, Chuck, because so I'm both well, Pat and myself are we're late fifties, I guess, right? So, uh, and we we have these younger advisors that we train. We have a five year career path goal when somebody has their certified financial planner designation to be come with. And I was talking with a, a, an advisor who was, I don't know, late twenties or 30. And they were feeling intimidated by their age. I said, are you kidding me? I said, people are going to love the fact that they've got a relationship with someone young. Cause they don't have to worry about, <laughs> you're going to be there till their dying day. They don't have to worry about 
Find another yeah. advisor. Yeah. And we have advisors retire. We put a, t- a two to three year plan in place so that the clients Meet are transferred to a new younger advisor. But you said you just had a trust done today. Uh, yeah, I started on it uh, oh, about a month ago and just ran into all these uh, questions of yeah. you know choices. And uh, I didn't have a tax person for advice. I, I just recently picked one up. But the difficulty is none of these people seem to think it's necessary to talk to each other. You know, the attorney has certain <laughs> things he'll talk about. He won't talk about taxes because he doesn't know that much about taxes. And then you talk to the tax person, they, they don't want to talk about legal issues and so on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then same with financial advisors. They're hesitant to give either tax advice or legal advice. And that, you know, that's the difficulty. I just kind of went around in circles. I started going online to read different things, and there's lots of stuff to read. Um, how, and, uh, how did you end yeah. up, what did you end up doing, Chuck? Did you set up a trust as the beneficiary of the IRA? Uh, no, it's, it's uh, my son and the two grandkids. Yeah, so if you, passed, did, if you the, pass away today, the money goes to them immediately. Yeah, I know. Well, why did you do it like that? Uh, well, that was it was uh, one reason was I needed to get the trust changed immediately because I had a fiduciary that I found out I don't want to have. So I have a family member who's going to act as the trustee, you know, temporarily. And I can I can redo the trust, but I didn't want to have that fiduciary on there. I ran across a lot of bad information on the internet and who did you uh, have as a fiduciary was um, it a third party well, no it's a it's a person who's designated as a fiduciary service okay okay well and, i'm sorry uh, you went through all this it it's it should not it well, this should not be was, that complex your situation is not that complex either uh, either I, you're ex- sure either you're, either your existing or, or either you can have one trust that would have your primary residence in it today, and that trust also is listed as the beneficiary on your uh, retirement account, or you have the primary your main trust where your residence is in, and then you have your primary beneficiary have a a different trust, and it could be one trust, it could be three separate trusts. Uh huh. Well, the guy um, that just did my um, trust, the attorney, uh, he's retiring. So, okay, I, I'm kind of. A well, it doesn't sound him. like you had. The, it doesn't seem like you had great legal advice there. It, it, I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving legal advice. But, but, but anyway, you need to obviously need to revisit it. You, it. Visit with a with a qualified attorney and ask the question: Should I just have a trust that actually is the beneficiary of the IRA and? Is the beneficiary of the house, right? The well, house. So do I know, is that one trust or do I have a, a secondary trust? Yes. And uh-huh. then and then you put rules in on the distribution for the spendthrift clause in there and you let it run from there and you hire a third-party fiduciary or a friend. But by the way, you shouldn't do this to a friend. You should hire a professional fiduciary. You don't want it to uh, – uh, 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 I wouldn't do it to a friend. If you've got put spendthrift clause on for a reason – you're saddling that person or a relative with that responsibility of distributing the money to someone who wants it, that you don't want them to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I understand that. But again, it was just, I'm doing desperation. Moves I understand. Kind of over the past month. I, and I think I have everything 
fairly well static. If I were to die, my health is okay, so I don't think that's going to happen right away. But, um, yeah. but you know well, what to do. You know what to do. You 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 know what directions. What you did is you stabilized, and yeah. now you want to build, and you want to build right. it in such a manner that it's done, and you don't have to ever revisit this again. And so the questions that we have are one trust or two trust, third party fiduciary fiduciary, what are the rules on that particular trust? And by the way, if you read reviews for third-party fiduciaries, like if you go online and read them, they're terrible. I've never read them. The good ones, and the reason is the people that choose third-party fiduciaries are people like you that don't want that money to go right away to the beneficiaries. And the beneficiaries aren't ever happy about it. They're like, who do these people think they are keeping my money from me? You're like, buddy, it wasn't me. It was your parents. Well, what happened is I went to the attorney to get the trust going, and uh, he had had experience with the fiduciary that I had. And he said he had several of his clients where, yeah. uh, because the fiduciary yeah. didn't handle the trust correctly, well, they ended up improving. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, 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 a, that's a different issue. Good, yeah, anyway, too. appreciate the call. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Hey, we've got to take a quick break. You're listening to Allworth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, before we uh, go back to the calls here, a couple things. One is we've got our in-person workshops, our back retirement risk workshops, uh, the navigating your finances in an uncertain world. And so if you live in the broad areas of Cincinnati, Sacramento, or Denver, we are in your cities May 19th and May 21st. Cincinnati, Sacramento, Denver, May 19th and May 21st. We're talking about inflation, or maybe a re- what's the chance of a recession? What's that really mean? How do we deal with the rising interest rates? What, how can we think about our investments right now? And of course, any other um, topic that is. Uh, and they are impressive. in what markets? Cincinnati, Sacramento, and Denver. And uh, it's really helping people get prepared for tomorrow. And pre pandemic, we had in one year over 10,000 people attend uh, these workshops. So, yeah. And then we had them during the pandemic. On the Zoom. Yeah. They're free 60 minute workshop. So let's uh let's talk now with B in California. B you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, Pat and Scott. Hi, Hi B. What can um, we do for my you? My questions actually I have quite quite a few. Okay, but, let's um, fire away. Okay. Um I'm uh turning sixty-five in August. Uh I'm this single mom. I have a 22-year-old who's trying to go to medical school. So I'm trying to decide how uh, or what's the best way that I can help her um, pursue her dreams. We're going to ask some questions here, but um, one of the things that well, there's things that I can get concerned about for lots of people, but there is an increasingly number of people who are retirement age whose retirement is in jeopardy because of their uh, desire to help their grown children in college expenses and have taken on personal loans, mm-hmm. guaranteed loans, and find themselves in precarious situations 
Um, we saw one where the child passed away yeah. and they had guaranteed the loan the parents, the single oh mom had gosh. and didn't know uh, and it wasn't going to be discharged. So let's 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 step back for a second. Uh, do you work now, B? Um, actually, I took early retirement. Um, I was working for a uh, tech company for many years, and then um, I retired at sixty. Okay. Uh, but I do have um, stock options from the company. So in the past, for over years, I've been living off. Okay. So uh, the stock options. So let's yeah. leave the stock options out of this. Let's talk about your. IRAs or 401 k How about all your savings? What's yeah, the, how what, much, what's what's the, the value to- of your savings? All Throw of the it. options in there, the value of everything. The options in the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the value today? Yeah, in the money. Um, you mean my total savings? Everything. Yes, net worth, everything. Including for... Sure, we'll start with that. Uh, I think it's probably close to... Two- Maybe $2.8 million. $2.8 million. And how much of that money is in IRAs? Um, I have $1.5 in uh, 401k. Okay. And is your home... Uh, the or, I'm feeling better about yeah, this. Where, where, is your <laughs> so, home paid for? Uh, no. How much you, I still have a mortgage on about three hundred and thirty-four k. And how much money? I just refinance. Huh? Yeah, yeah. How much money do you have in in uh, the options? Uh, about two hundred and fifty k. Okay, all right. It's not a huge. Uh... Yeah, you know, um, so, you can you can afford to help. Uh, you absolutely yeah. can afford to help. You can afford to help your daughter. Uh, you know, substantially. I, so is the is the question where's the best place to take the dollars from, or is mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How um, how should I manage like my stock options? Well, so here's and, what I would do. I would I I actually think that she's in medical school. I would actually see if I should be gifting her appreciated stock. Um, in order to, I would mm-hmm. get as many as many loans as you could, and and f- and figure out paying them off later. And because you're thinking that maybe she goes and works yeah. for a low income clinic somewhere or gets some sort yeah. of a, a grace from the government for. Or someone wants to get elected, so they decided to one day just eliminate a bunch of debt. And so you would have her load up on all that. I'm thinking my, if it was my daughter's yeah, 22. I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> you, you. Why not? You could always come okay. back and pay off the loans later on. I mean, I'd at least explore that option first. Mm-hmm. All right. The thing I would look at for you is I would look at your portfolio to see why you still have this large mortgage on your house at your age. And your yeah, do you have any money in the bank savings? Um, I have about uh, 150K. All right. So I'm going to look if you were sitting in my. Yeah. So when that's we're immediately going to put that against the mortgage or towards the medical school. But why would you use the cash? I'd use the appreciated assets for the uh, to gift them to my daughter so she could sell them at a lower marginal rate. The way to get the answer to this question is okay. by going through some planning, really looking at your cost base of everything. Um, you can afford to help your daughter. Yes. You should pay off your mortgage, mm-hmm. right? There's a couple things you should do. Well, maybe she shouldn't pay off her mortgage. I'll disagree. 
Why? Well, she's 65 years old. She didn't have the, it's not like she's got all the cash sitting there to pay off her mortgage today. I, bet, I think she does. I bet if we looked inside her account, she's got $150,000 in, in the bank. I bet there's easily $200,000 in portfolio that is earning a lot less money than what uh, she's paying on that mortgage. That could be. I bet on it. Okay. <laughs> I've been doing this. I've been doing this long, as long as you have. Okay. All right. So anyway, you're, you Actually, can. a little longer. You started in the industry about I, six months before I did. So you're, you're, you're much more wise. <laughs> you can do. Okay. That's the answer to the question. Yes. Help your daughter. Um, to what tune? We don't know. When? I don't know. My guess is, look, you've got multiple things there. Maybe you help her a little now and have her load up on, on the student loans. So any other questions before we got to run here? Me. Because you said you had a long list. Um, yeah, and I haven't collected my Social Security. You collect your Social Security uh, now. Just because. Just start it now. Now? Now. Okay. Only okay. because your net worth is really high, and if they're going to take Social Security benefits away from anyone in the future, it's going to be you. Mm-hmm. Start okay. it tomorrow. And there's no way I can do a Roth IRA, right? Yeah, right you now. can convert money into a Roth IRA. You just take. You, you couldn't can't, do a Roth IRA. Yeah, you can't make contributions. Be, I, I would. We. I, I would highly recommend you sit down with a qualified financial planner. Look at everything you're trying to accomplish before you do anything, really, frankly, and figure out what's it going to cost for the college? How much of that do you want to pay for yourself? Then we can look at if we're going to pay for it, where's the money coming from? Do we keep the, the we can't, we took some cash out of the house on this refinance. Was that the right thing to do? If so, do we, what do we do with those dollars? We use it for that education. Do we instead look at playing it back down? I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of things that you need to take all into consideration, and so it's it's kind of hard for us just to answer. But but you do want to you do want to start Social Security as soon as possible, and or do Roth conversions as soon as possible. You're missing great opportunity here in your in this phase of life. Yeah, clearly. I mean, with the Roth, maybe she hasn't been doing the Roth the past few. Sounds know. like it. Yeah. Anyway, great miss. planning opportunities, but you should feel comfortable that you can help your daughter out. Yeah. In fact, you've got enough money you could help my kids out too. <laughs> Shouldn't have that much money. <laughs> Your kids. <laughs> Time for our Money Matters house call, where we check on a caller from several months ago to see how they're doing. So essentially, you know, I have been a radio fan of talk shows for years and years and years. I, I, ever since. Ever since I was, I remember in the fourth grade, I would go to my bedroom earlier and I had a clock radio and I would listen to Mystery Theater. So if you're old, they were every... Wasn't that the British one? No, they were... I'm thinking Masterpiece Theater. No, no, no. My stepmom was British and I got punishment. I was in trouble. She'd make me sit down and watch Masterpiece Theater on Sunday nights or whatever. This is radio and I'm not nearly cultured enough to listen to anything British called Masterpiece. So... That's weird. An Irish not watching British stuff. Anyway. <laughs> but so I was a huge fan of Click and Clack. Uh, the Tappet Brothers, which was, and by the way. Were they brothers? Well, they call themselves brothers. Yes, they were brothers. Yes. Oh. And so I was a huge fan. And they had a segment where people would, they, if you ever listen to the show, and by the I way. I think some stations still may run. If you're under the age, I find myself in in meetings with people under the age of 35 and I use sayings that I have to explain. That's right. Like, 
yesterday I said to someone, I feel like we're buying a pig in a poke. And then I had to explain to everyone on the Zoom call what a pig in a poke means. Um, what is a pig in a poke? And a, I'm not 35. <laughs> it's, it's, it essentially means you're buying something you don't have great visibility of. So I'm a big fan of the of the Tappet brothers. And they had a segment where they would give advice and then they'd call the people back a few months later and say, hey, did you take our advice? And if you did, how did it turn out? So we have not an original thought in our brains. We just copied them. <laughs> if you're stealing from us, you're stealing twice. Uh, not an original thought. And so we copied them. Yeah. So back in June of this last year, what, 2021, uh, we spoke to a gentleman named Michael from Iowa. Now, Michael's not a Allworth client or anything, but he did something during the pandemic that had us quite surprised. And uh, here is a short clip from that call. Uh, last year, um, I, I think I accidentally retired. I'm not I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I know it was a pandemic year and you asked to shelter at home and all that stuff, <laughs> but, but you just didn't log in or what happened? Um, not, not exactly. Um, I, I did turn in my laptop on my last day of work, uh, that sort of thing. Um, so uh, my company offered a, a buyout in June. Uh, well, they, the, the offer dropped in June, and um, you know we had well, six weeks or something to make a decision. And um, <clears throat> so I, I started working with a fiduciary um uh, financial planner, um, you know, at that time, um, and I uh, ultimately made the decision to um, kind of walk away from my uh, corporate career. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, and, uh, you know, the analysis that was run at the time, you know, was kind of quick and dirty. You know, we didn't really build out, you know, a full financial uh, plan at that time, but this is, you know, the, the priority there then was to just kind of make a go, no go yep. decision. Um, so now, um, you know, um, quite a few months out from that, um, you know, <clears throat> I felt comfortable enough from, from the analysis to make that decision. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to understand if I, you know, if I get the itch to go back to work, you know, it'll be to go back to work and not necessarily for the, for the money per se, I guess, but, okay. um, How so, old are you? So, uh, oh, um, <laughs> I'm 45, 45. 45. Yeah. yeah As assume 45. you're going to assume you're going to go back to work. Make that assumption. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why do you state that, Pat? What? Because how many people have you, I've talked to many people that have retired at 45 and what they find out is there's no one to play with. So the question for us is I'm going to go with the assumption that you're probably going to return to some sort of work between now and the day you die. Yes. So what's your question for us? Well, so, um, you know, I, I have a portfolio, and to be perfectly honest, I haven't really, like, focused on – I haven't tried to optimize on um, either retiring or semi-retiring early. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to go back into corporate America with a six-figure income again. So, I, I you know, maybe what I will work again. What do you have saved for retirement? What do you have in all your retirement okay. savings? Um, in my little app that tracks it, it's, it's got a total net worth of 2.9 million, but that includes 300 K of home equity. Okay. And, um, I've estimated a pension that they're going to pay out. The net present value of that is about 240,000. So, you know, ca call it, um, and 200 or 2.4 million, let's say of investable assets. And how much, and how big is your mortgage on your house? 
Uh, mortgage is two hundred and seventy-eight thousand. And how much married kids? Ah, I am single, no kids, no say, dependents. There's, there's no, he's me. married with kids because he'd, he'd, he'd need to get out of the house. <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. <laughs> and and how much were you making at your job? So um, I was making about one twenty-five to one thirty. Um, but that was really, you know, I, I didn't start out making that much. What do you need? What do you think you need? How much do you need to live on? Uh, I think 80,000 is a decent number for me to live on. Um, you know, I, I had a pretty high savings right there towards the end when I was making those six figures. You can make it work on a couple caveats. One is that you need to be pretty disciplined on this portfolio. Yep. Because you don't, there's not a, there's not a lot of wiggle room. If we're talking about two and a half million dollars of investable assets, at um, three and a half percent distribution. Yeah, that's if you were at seventy-five at three and a half percent distribution, easy. super easy. You're forty-five. That's the one caveat. The second is be have a mindset that allows you to flex a little. So if we go through another period, if last twenty-five years we had two downturns where the stock market fell roughly half. Let's assume we'll have another period like that. We be be prepared so if we have another dismal time that maybe you tighten the belt a bit during those seasons. And I would, and when things are going flush, don't be tempted to say, "Oh my gosh, I I made two hundred grand more than I thought I was going to be uh, taking." Michael is now. Hey, Michael, thanks for uh, joining us again. Yep, he's oh. with us. Oh, Mike, well, welcome back to the show. Oh, and thanks for. Uh, by the way, uh, I enjoyed uh, that. Other than the fact I had to listen to myself, which is always painful. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> right. Listening to you is painful. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. So, Michael, just a follow-up. How are you and where Where are you and what did you do? So, I, I'm doing great. Um, glad to kind of be back here for a little bit with you two. Um, so, funny story. Um, we, we talked last June, and it was kind of on the heels of, you know, making a big decision to walk away from a corporate career, and I was kind of planning, you know, for, a, for kind of a, a soft glide path to, to uh, maybe full retirement. Um, and so then we talked, we talked, talked to, I'm sorry, Michael, we talked, what, 10, 11 months ago? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, a buddy of mine from college called me. Um, maybe August and, uh, said, Hey, um, so since you're retired, I, I need a project manager, uh, for a project we're running in France. Are you interested? And I said, we, ah, sure. I'm interested. Pardon? I said, we, I was trying to be cute. Scott clever, was trying to be funny and we know work. now, Scott, we know all the French that Scott knows. <laughs> Hey, I took a I took a whole semester in high school of French 101. So they they offer you a job as a project manager in France. Yes, yeah, uh, yes. So uh, it's a U.S. based company. So you know, from a W two standpoint, I, you know, I didn't wasn't an expat or anything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, in October I flew to France, and except for two weeks at Christmas, I was in France until uh, middle of April this year. And that is, uh, and so where, uh, where are you going now? Yeah. I mean, so, so now you've got a taste of, look, you've got a skill set. People recognize it. You're marketable. You're not a corporate, maybe you're not a corporate guy anymore, but you're a corporate contractor, if you will. Would that be a good summary of it? Yeah. 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 I think, um, I, I did, uh, I did good enough at the job that, uh, 
when, when, you know, on bad days, uh, you know, my friend's name is Corey, and on bad days when him and I were working together, I said, you know, Corey, I used to be retired, and he, he'd just look <laughs> at me and says, you're not, you're not retired anymore. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, the work going forward will be pretty much kind of project-based. In fact, I'm flying to France next week to go work on some follow-up from the project we did, you know, this past year. So, and what does that um, pay? What does it pay more than your your job did? Um, it doesn't pay quite as much, but it's not bad. Um, I made about fifty thousand in the six months that I was there. So, and they you know, pay you for your housing. That, that's, yeah, and housing and rental car and food exactly. and the whole yep. bit. Hey, so uh, I got to tell bit. you, my 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 brother works for a large corporation. <laughs> did at the time and he they moved him to france for two and a half years with his wife and his daughter and he absolutely was he there that long yeah he was there for two and a half years and as he said to me which is maybe a a mindset that he's always had about his career and you it might be helpful for you which is look it's an adventure and if they're gonna make an offer for me to go and live someplace that i would never you know thought I would live, but I would enjoy living for a period of time. And you could make, you know, you could make a whole career out of, you could be in Germany next month or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, this company has projects in Sweden, France, Ireland, um, all over. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I assume you're doing uh, implementation projects. Is, would that be a fair assessment? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the company, um, they actually specialize in uh, building and the renovation of wooden roller coasters. So um, <laughs> that's not we, what you I, were thinking, Pat. I, I never, <laughs> you were thinking about a technology really? implementation. <laughs> wooden yeah. roller coasters. You could end up at Santa Cruz at some point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Back in Jersey. Yeah. Well, good for you. And and, and, and your background yeah. is in is in engineering. Correct. All right. What? So, so you correct. Six, 11 months ago, you thought that you were going into retirement. Your next five years, how much time off do you think you'll have? What percentage of the work week will you not work, and what percentage of the work week will you work based upon where you're uh, sitting? So far, I think, I mean, it looks to me like I'm going to work greater than 50% of the year. All right. Um, and there, there may come a point where I, I may have to put some guardrails and yeah. <laughs> say I need a couple weeks at home or something like that, you know. Um but, uh, and, and, you know, and as I learn, you know, this is a new industry for me. So I, I think as I it continue to acquire more skills, there'll be, I think the workload, there'll be more workload than maybe I'll necessarily want to take yeah. on all the time. But that's, you know, not necessarily a bad thing either. Well, good. for Congratulations. What a great yeah. story. Uh, what a life is an adventure. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I just try to stay engaged. I just yeah. from our experience of working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of retirees personally, as well as over 17,000 as a firm, those people that stay engaged either full-time or part-time have a tendency yeah. to have a higher standard of living. Thanks for taking the time and the follow-up, Mike. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks a lot. You know, it's what I, what I really loved about the story. Uh, it It is a different work environment today than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Like, like someone entering the workforce today, they say they're going to have 11 different employers by the time they retire. And I think even with kind of this whole gig economy, you don't, a gig economy doesn't mean just driving an Uber right? or delivering right. for whatever. Like 
that's, I mean, you can think about this call as a, that's kind of a, like, he's got an expertise in a certain area. He goes and works for a period of time somewhere. On projects. And project is done. Company doesn't really need you until the next project comes along. And maybe that's appealing to you. Maybe it's not. But what we talk often about being in position so that work is an option and not an obligation. And when we, you get to that point, whether you're continuing on with the same company, you're continuing or whatnot, when you're at a point where you realize you've got some, you've, you've saved well enough over the years that you're in a position that if you had to retire tomorrow, you could retire tomorrow. It, it's, it can be quite freeing because it's, you don't feel, yeah, and, and you don't feel you have to show up for the paycheck. That, that's right. And by the way, you know, Michael, single, mid forties. Yeah, I mean, most people aren't in that position. Yes. No kids, yeah. yeah. Most people aren't in that position. Yeah, if I told my wife I was moving to France to rebuild a roller coaster. You might as well stay. (laughs) I think it's not going to My my 24-year-old son, I don't know if I'd mentioned this before, he's been a paraglide instructor. Uh, four years, four years of Boston College, and I think Boston College. Uh, he showed me it was listed as one of the top five most expensive universities in the country. So <laughs> you didn't know? I knew, I knew. <laughs> and I, what I didn't count for is the extra cost of going back and visiting, flying back to anyway. But he graduated a couple of years ago, and he's been teaching paragliding at a, a little more than minimum wage, but not that far off. Right? <laughs> but he's this summer. He's um, He's leading a, a group of high school kids on a bike ride across the United States for a oh, company called right? Overland. Yes. And he was debating on whether he should do this. And I said to him, like, 24, like, Blake, when are you going to have another time in your life like this? Odds are, at some point in time, you're going to be married. You're going to have a mortgage. Oh, my kid, gosh. Like, what a great. I tried to ride my bicycle across the United States when I graduated from high school. Went to Yellowstone, down into Denver, ran out of money, called home, asked for some money. No one had any there either. <laughs> Well, he's getting paid some stipend. Good for him. I did not know that. Congrats. Congrats. No, no, seriously, Scott. (laughs) I must say, there are times I talk to my friends like, oh, yeah, my kids, he's working for uh, KPMG or they're working for Google. or like, But this is a life adventure and it will help form him. Well, and and, yeah, to to your point with with Mike, not that many people are in the mid 40s and can do this sort of thing. But that was just an example of having been in a position where you are, you are able to retire financially and it gives you some more freedom and flexibility as you pursue other things. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that is uh, all the time we've got today. Unfortunately, I want to remind everyone that May is foster awareness month and, uh, at all worth finance, all, excuse me, all worth kids.com. We've got, um, some great information there and learn more about how you might be able to participate with helping some foster youth. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, please take a moment and uh, give us a rating. That's right. Uh, We'll see you next week. This has been Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.